0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Yes, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Friday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. You can find us in a host of ways. You start with YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We always ask you, please subscribe to the program. Like it, if you like it. Don't like it, if you don't like it. We also stream every day on Facebook, the Chatterbox Sports page. And if you'd rather join us in podcast form, check in a little bit later in the day when it's convenient for you, please do search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. There's a reason why they call it March Madness, right? Whose bracket is already busted? Come on now, tell the truth. Casey, McAllister, Trace Fowler, Casey, you, uh, you said it's already in shambles. Your bracket. True or false? Um, I
1: went back and looked through it, and uh, it's, I won eight games. So I. You I, won
0: eight out of sixteen games.
1: Yeah, yesterday, but a lot of them were my ones and twos, so
0: I didn't do very well. No, that's not good. No, I, did not do. I don't know anybody that went that bad on opening ever.
1: Yeah, it was it was really bad. Well, I picked NKU. That that was okay. My, uh, yeah, that's uh, one right. but well, that's your alma mater. But yeah, and then other than that, though, like didn't pick Furman. Yeah, um, Charleston. I think I picked Charleston. Um,
0: they should have won that game. Lose. Yeah.
1: I, there's a lot of games I picked that I felt like I was on the right side of, but they just didn't fall that way.
0: Trace, but, how's your opening round? Did you add them up yet? wasn't terrible. Um,
2: I think it was 71% I seen on the bracket thing, so I don't know how many games that is off the top of my head. What's the problem here, Casey? wasn't bad. Casey's trying to figure something out for you. Live on the show. Here I am.: um, the, ga- the biggest disappointment, though, was um, was Virginia for me. Obviously. I had yep. a good amount of money on Virginia yesterday. <laughs> it didn't work out for, for me. However, Princeton helped uh, help me, me help me get back on my feet. so shout out to Princeton. Those smart people helped me out a lot.
0: Now, you know, um, we have a lot of smart people to join in on the show and watch it every day, including on our chat. Now here's something I did not know. Todd, I think it's Banel. He said, here's a fun fact. The head coaches of Maryland, Kevin Willard, Princeton, Mitch Henderson, and NKU Darren Horn, all went to the same middle school in Lexington, Kentucky, Tates Creek Middle School. How about that? nugget? Nah, that is wild. Now, that should be something that, that the Jim Nance and company, when they do that Aflac trivia question, your trivia fact about the tournament. That, uh, that, that is a great nugget. So, uh, Todd, thank you. That's great stuff. Um, Let's start with Northern Kentucky. I got to tell you, I don't know about you. They played their tail off last night. If they could have hit three, four more, three, and I know it's if, woulda, coulda, I get it, okay? But it's a 16 seed against a one. Casey, they kept shooting them, and you have to keep shooting them. I'm sitting there with my son last night, Luke, and they're changing up their defenses, and they You know, uh, Houston is such a physically imposing. I mean, every guy reminded me of the old UC teams. With Bob Huggins was here, they looked like a football team. That team is so big physically. But when you play a zone defense, and Darren Horn had to pull out all the stops. When you're a 16 against a one, you got to try everything. And what it ended up ultimately happening was, is Houston just crashy offensive glass rebound after rebound uh they're doing everything they could uh nku was i thought they made an incredibly positive showing for themselves yesterday
1: yeah i mean i think nku played a hell of a game um i was disappointed in the result i was kind of mad at at first but after kind of sitting and looking at the box score thinking about houston in general um, I know a lot of people are upset with Darren for telling them to keep shooting the three, but they if they just hit four of those, they win the ball game and or they're right there at the end yeah, or they're right there at the end. Yep. I mean, it, it's tough. I know um, fans are disappointed because I think they thought that they could have played a more physical game towards the end. I mean, they, they played like that in the first half. I think they only had eight threes in the first half. And then it jumps all the way up to 34 by the, the end of the ball game. So I thought they maybe bailed a little too soon. Um, but I, I see where Darren was coming from. Yep. That's, that's kind of uh, – I wouldn't say it's their MO to shoot the three, but they weren't terrible at shooting threes this year. I mean, they were 80th in the country, I think, in – attempts so it's not like completely out of the question that they're even shooting that many to begin with um but i thought maybe if darren bailed on the three strategy earlier that they might have had a chance to do what they did in the second half which is just play really good defense and try to drive in and get the fouls and shoot free free throws and you know win the game that way but um, other than that, you know, I thought they played a really good game. I understand why they went for 34, 33 threes. It's yeah, just I mean, you got to go for it. You, yeah. you
0: got to go. You got to pull, like I said, you got to pull out every stop. And you know what, Tracy, you and I were talking about this beforehand. The three of us were, uh, I know he's had his quote unquote shot at the big time. Although I don't know how much South Carolina is the big time. That, that's a place that, that traditionally, has struggled in basketball. Dave Odom had some good years there. Some other guys have had some good years there. But I tell you what, um, how do you not love Kelvin Sampson? Uh, this guy, uh, Indiana, and you said at Best Race, you know, if they had to do it all over again, I mean, Kelvin Sampson should have been at Indiana for 20 years as a coach. He is such a classy guy. He's a great coach. Every time he was interviewed, he was complimenting Darren Horn. I wonder if Darren Horn now all of a sudden doesn't have a lot of people looking at him, you know, that are all of a sudden saying, hey, maybe we got to take a look at this guy.
2: Yeah, Dar- Darren's in a spot where, you know, whenever you're a mid-major and you have success, especially in the tournament, which they didn't win the game, but as you said, you know, I don't know how much that will, will ultimately impact whether Darren gets another job or not. But I, I think for for me... NKU played about as well as they could have played and I get the idea of thinking well they didn't make their shots. Listen, they're playing Houston. You got to understand styles make fights. You're not going to be able to beat Houston driving the ball to the lane cuz if you remember Trey Robinson even came off a screen one time and had it had a dunk and it just got swatted to the stands. Yep. And you just assume, okay, well if we're not hitting our threes, let's go inside. Well, you're not going to have success inside. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Northern Kentucky, but they're not Houston when it comes to the physicality and the ability to be able to play around the rim. So you're just hoping, and quite frankly, you're taking a shot in the dark to be able to hit maybe eight, nine, ten threes in the second half. And I think that the, the, the broadcast might have done Darren a little disservice for some NKU fans because I've seen that there was some distaste by NKU fans on Twitter, which I know that's a terrible place to go for – Oh, for, for actual realistic, realistic thoughts. Um, but people were upset. Oh, Darren should have, shouldn't have should have told him to keep shooting or whatever. It's like the, the, the issue is is that Darren told Warwick that if he doesn't shoot the ball, he's going to take him out of the game. That's, that's a psychological tactic that coaches have used for years. When your best player isn't playing well, you don't want them to feel like they're a burden on the team, and you don't want them to clam up and not keep playing. So you tell Warwick – that he needs to keep shooting the ball and be aggressive or you're going to take him out because you want him to play the way he's played all yep. year. And at the end of the day, I'm not even trying to get on Warwick. But the, the idea that, and this is the old, it goes back to this old phrase, Tom, coaches lose games, players win games. That's what fans think. If they would have won that game, no one talks about Darren Horn. They would have talked about Sam Vincent, who rightfully should be talked about. Great he played game. Unbelievable. Yep. He played unbelievable. But your best player or arguably your best player – and, again, I don't even want to really bring that into the fold because they're not supposed to beat Houston. Let's, let's not
0: forget That's that. That's right. That's right. But your best player has to play unbelievable, and he didn't. Yeah. It's as simple as that for That's me. That's right. And the kid had a hell of a year. And, unbelievable year. And, and, and God bless Northern Kentucky. And we thank them for all of their help this year in Coach Horn. Um, we're going to reach out to him about the possibility of continuing to join us throughout the rest of the tournament because his insight is, is fantastic. Elsewhere, how about Arizona? Now you talk about laying an egg. This is Bracket Buster Exhibit A. The number two seed and Pac-12 champion did not score a single point. Think about this. Put this into perspective for a minute. Okay? Arizona does nothing but recruit four and five star players. These were all the guys Sean Miller recruited, right? Top of the line players. Right? I mean... This is right there. They're a million time zones away, but they are right there with getting players like Kentucky, like Duke, like North Carolina, like Kansas, okay? This is what Arizona does. And to think that they cannot score a single point, not one point in the last 11 minutes of the game is just astounding. Arizona loses to Princeton 59-55. Then there's the number one overall seed, Alabama. If somebody would have given you odds on Betfred Sports, okay, that Alabama was going to score 96 and that their best player, arguably the best player in college basketball, certainly one of the top three, in Brandon Miller, he does not score a single point of the ninety-six. He injured his groin, we came to find out, in the SEC title game, and he only played for 19 minutes. Now, that's a scary thought, if somehow, some way he can get better. But as Charles Barkley pointed out last night, and he was talking about Marcus Sasser, who was the American Conference Player of the Year, first team All-American, injured his groin against UC in the American Conference Tournament, re-aggravated it last night, did not play in the second half. It is really sad to think two of the best five players in college basketball and the impact they have on their teams as number one seeds. You got to wonder how effective either will be the rest of the tournament. The big story with Alabama is that next up, they're going to play again in Birmingham. Good luck playing that team. And that team happens to be Maryland. The team that may have looked better than anybody yesterday and continues to look for the past three weeks is Duke. The ACC champions demolish Oral Roberts. Our boy wonders, sorry to break the news. Oral Roberts got beat. They fell behind 15-0 in the game. The Blue Devils face Tennessee in round two. That could be a very interesting game. Trace Fowler's Kansas Jayhawks, ho-hum, 96-68 over Howard. The defending champs next play Arkansas. Arkansas, you know, not bad, well coached. They beat Illinois. Illinois stinks. They stink. Period. The four seed in the East is gone. And that is nothing new for Virginia. The Cavaliers fall to Furman 68-67. Furman hits a three. After Virginia turns it over, just throw the ball in the air. The kid could have held the ball. But no, he just throws it up. They intercept it. Come down. Bang. Game winner. Next up for Furman, fifth seed, San Diego State. All right, now we turn our attention to today. The Xavier Musketeers, 1240 today against Kennesaw State. Kentucky in action tonight at 710 against Providence. That's a good game. Indiana faces MAC champion Kent State in the nightcap 10P. The Bengals, meanwhile, keep on rolling. They make two more signings. At least one is being reported as a done deal. And that would be offensive lineman Cody Ford. Now, in some circles, it was in Cincinnati.com today that they've signed safety Nick Scott. Scott was a starter for the Rams last year at safety. But there are some that's saying that's not done yet. Correct, Casey McAllister?
1: Yeah, I don't think that's a done deal. I think... um... Today, they are visiting Taylor Rapp, which is the other starting safety for the Rams. And I think they're in negotiations with Scott. And I don't know why they would... Here's the the logic behind it, is why would they have signed Scott and bring in Taylor Rapp, like, the very next day? So, that I don't think that deal is done. I think they're working on it. I think they're working on something, and maybe it's close. But... I do believe that the Rams are trying to retain both those guys, so we'll see how that ends up playing out for the Bengals. Um, personally, I would rather have Rap than than Scott, but um, I don't think you can really go wrong with either guy. Um, and maybe they're trying to get both. I don't really know. Um, I don't think Scott will. If we sign Scott and not Rap, he's obviously the starter. But if I think they sign both. I think Rap is the starter.
0: Oh, oh, really? He's a better player than Scott? Yeah, I think so.
2: I believe so.
1: He's out
0: of Washington.
2: How big of a drop-off is it between the guys that we're looking at versus the guys that,
3: that left, in your opinion? Um, it's hard, that's hard to say. but I
1: think Bell is closer to rap, and I, I don't think anyone's really as close in terms of what Jesse Bates brought to the table. Um, he was a special, dynamic type of player that could go from sideline to sideline, as a single safety in the backfield i mean that's and he did it on a consistent level um very well so i think if we're looking at a player for player comparison rap is closer to bell and just in terms of grades and pff standards i don't know necessarily about the play but rap was one of the best tackling safeties in the league last year only gave up I think he said, or I think PFF has it at like 6% missed tackles. That's a good which number. Is really, really good. And that's
0: the strength of this Bengals team yeah. overall. They are an outstanding tackling team.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of why I think Rap fits the bill better, at least in terms of athleticism profile. Um, Scott, he is a good run defending safety, but he struggles, at least he did last year in coverage, which I don't think you really want to sacrifice that. But it just depends on the money. I think Scott will be less money than than Rap, but yep. I think Rap will be a little bit more money. So it just kind of depends on uh, what the thought is there for the Bengals. It's very interesting that they're bringing in both. I will say that. I don't know what the thought is there. I don't know what their, I don't know what Scott's value market is, but I think Raps is going to be very similar to
0: Bell's, or maybe
1: a little less. We'll see. All right.
0: Well, um, I, I think we all, um, I know, look, I, I didn't sit here and beat them up. Uh, but we were all wondering those first couple of days about the Bengals and what they were doing or not doing in free agency, watching, watching four guys walk out the door that have been big parts of this team. Um, they still have to address the running back situation. Nobody knows what's going to happen with Mixon. We know P. Ryan's gone. Uh, They have to address a tight end situation. There were rumors out there. They were bringing in Foster Moreau, who took over as the primary tight end last year when Waller got hurt. Waller's a great player. Uh, But they traded him, the Raiders. They've already sent him off. Uh, And now Moreau is a free agent um, who didn't have as many receptions as Hayden Hurst had last year, but he had more yards than Hayden Hurst last year, and they both scored two touchdowns. Uh, how much money Moreau will cost, that depends on who you ask. Um, but the focus today is clearly on college basketball. We have Paul Fritchner, who is with the Xavier Musketeers uh, down in Greensboro, North Carolina. He will be joining us here shortly. Paul Doherty coming up a little bit after 11. We'll circle back with some more Bengals talk, get his thoughts on that, as well as the NCAA tournament. Uh, he wrote a, a great article about Pat Kelsey, Uh, Charleston certainly had a chance right there, a lot like, well, more so than Northern Kentucky because they were right in it to the very, very end with Charleston and just couldn't. It's amazing when you watch these games, and Trace, you know, you follow it, Casey, you follow it. It's amazing when you watch these games, and and you've been watching regular season games, but man, when you get in the tournament, it, it, it seems like yesterday there were so many times when the underdogs, and I'm talking about the underdogs that didn't win, where the underdogs... Had that shot, wide open look for a three, where if they just hit that one shot, and you're not blaming a kid for missing a shot, but if that one shot goes down, the difference it could make in the outcome of the game. Now, you play 40 minutes, but there were a number of those games yesterday where the underdog, whether it's Northern Kentucky, um, whether it was Charleston, whether it was a couple of others, uh, where, you know... You miss the three, it's a long rebound, the other team goes straight down, dunk, foul, three-point play. Now, all of a sudden, the lead went from being two to five, and then, you know, the floodgates open. But you said all your long, Trey. I mean, the, 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 I don't know after the number one seeds how wide open it really is at the end of the day. Um, but clearly, the games yesterday proved that the damn near anybody can be damn near anybody.
2: Yeah, that's the biggest thing that's happened in this tournament in the last twenty years. So we talked about this outside the uh, show in the office. Here is that, you know, if you think back ten, fifteen years ago, the the, the spreads on these on these one seeds versus sixteen seeds was
0: wild. I mean, yep. it was
2: thirty five, forty points, and now you're in a position where, you know, NKU's eighteen points spread versus versus Houston, NKU, I think was 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 severely overseed like underseeded I should say however however you want to look at it they were they were better than a 16 seed if you've watched this tournament so far I've watched a few 15 seeds Colgate being one of them to where Northern Kentucky is better than Colgate no and and I I I think it got a little bit of a bad draw for NKU but but this tournament in and of itself if you think about basketball uh, and I told you Tom or or any anybody I'd said listen it's a 15 point spread you would genuinely, genuinely think that that's a, a wide margin, but the reason that these upsets happen in tournament situations is that the, the, these teams and why they're better—they don't play the way they normally play, or they don't play as freely as they normally play in the last eight minutes of a game that's close. When you're supposed to win, there's this added pressure that comes with being a, to being a one, two, three, or four seed that these lower-level teams don't have, and. That you always hear people say, don't let them hang around and let them start to think they can actually win the game because that's when it gets dangerous. And more times than not, it's like a fluky thing that happens. Like you said, a long rebound, ball gets bounced around, they hit a three they otherwise wouldn't have. Maybe they, maybe they hit like a half-court shot, they're going into halftime. It's just like these weird things that happen to keep schemes close. And fortunately for us, today's a day, Friday um, – there's really not that many spreads outside of I think there's only three games over a twelve point spread, so' we're hopeful at least I'm hopeful that we get a lot of good good solid basketball games and
0: um, there are some really intriguing matchups today I, I you know look nobody sees Arizona losing maybe somebody did but but I think people thought there was a chance Virginia could lose but Today, you look at games, and it may not play out this way, but, but there are some matchups today where you're like, ooh, this is must-see must television. I mean, Kentucky Providence, on paper anyway, TCU Arizona State, if that Arizona State team shows up, it showed up in Dayton the other night, that's a scary team. I think the Indiana-Kent State game is a very interesting game. There are others out there uh, that'll be played over the course of today where you're like, ooh, this is good stuff. Transfer portals
2: helped even that out. Like, as much as people don't like the transfer portal, a lot of kids that played Division II or NAIA that were All-Americans now are being seen, Tom. 20 years ago, these college coaches didn't have access to the film. They didn't have access to the ability to be able to you – know, we were talking about Samson getting in trouble because of sending text messages, and that was some big fraudulent thing back in the day. Think about what that is now. Like, it's just – it's, it's a beautiful thing for a lot of people that like college basketball. It's not so much of a beautiful thing if you're, if you're an administrator at Kentucky or Kansas or Duke or these Blue Bloods that had all of the, the advantages in the world that they no longer really have as much as they used to. They still have advantages,
0: but they're nowhere near as much as they used to be. It's so it's so much fun to watch. I mean, it really, really is. Uh, it's just so exciting. One game after the next. Um, you know, you look at conferences yesterday, and the three of us were talking about this. And again, Paul Fritzner's is coming up any minute now, so uh, we're not going to get into a lot of depth. Coming up later, we're going to do what we did yesterday. Which, by the way, thanks to all the folks out at Buffalo Wings and Rings yesterday, and everybody here, uh, it was a great setup yesterday. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. It was great to have a chance. Uh, So many of you who are regulars on the chat, uh, that took the time to come out uh, yesterday. Uh, You know, one of the guys in the chat, um, he he always talks about when Tracy comes on, respect women, fellas, and I was always wondering, you know, what's the deal there? Well, he's a pastor. He drove all the way down yesterday from Sydney, Ohio. His father is a pastor in Franklin, Ohio. So they, they met for lunch yesterday, wanted to come over and join us. We saw, you know, uh, Boom Shakalaka. We saw Everett. We saw Sir Boy Wonder. He was all jacked up, Sir Boy Wonder, yesterday until Oral Roberts took the floor. In the first two and a half minutes, it was
4: 15-0. <laughs>
0: but Sir Boy Wonder is driving up to C-Bus, as he calls it today, to watch basketball all day with some of his boys. They'll be tipping White Claws. But the Big Ten... I gotta tell you, and I haven't watched them much this year, but Penn State and Northwestern—I don't know how far either one of them is going to go in the tournament, but those two teams looked pretty doggone good yesterday to me. What are you laughing about over there? Is there something in the chat of the Golden George, Girls back?
2: No, the Golden Girls aren't back. God. Say, George, listen, listen, George okay? George Santos. I mean, I'm praying nobody's George watching. Santos drops a Amapastor
0: too in the chat, which is, that's funny. Uh, so, some of the uh, material from some of you guys, clearly demented, clearly sophomoric humor yesterday. The Golden Girls, Which Tom. is right up my alley. Uh, Trace and I, uh, I'm not sure. We- <laughs> We could even speak at times yesterday. I mean, that was some of the funniest stuff I have read in a long, long time. And I want to thank all of you for um, the player formerly known as Mouse Cop. <laughs> yeah, <that's exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
2: Tom, we can't. We can't get over this joke.
0: I just can't. I. I. I, I mean. Had me laughing like I haven't played, uh, haven't laughed in a long, long time. Tell you who else looked good last night. And their experience, I know it was against a, a 15 seed. But, man, UCLA looked good last night. Now, that was a late-night game. Yeah. But Tiger Campbell, how you pronounce the kid's name? Yaquez, how, what is it? You're asking God's the wrong guy. Forever. He's a Pac-12 player of the year. Hakeem, whatever his name is. I mean, Hakeem, I think. I mean, what, what a player. I mean, those guys, and they get after you, man. Um, I just wish so bad for Mick Cronin's sake, because I really like Mick Cronin a lot. You see really screwed up by not keeping that guy. They really screwed up.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you're holding it in. I got, I got to turn off the chat. I got to get out of here. See, I took off my glasses for a moment. I can't even. I got to move on. <laughs> I've turned the chat off just
0: so I can focus. Joshua, there he is. Zeke, Elliot, Zeke Elliott got uh, cut. Yeah, I know
2: he did. When, when's the drop dead la- Is there a drop dead date on um, Nixon?
0: Is, well, is there, is there? the a- deal is with, with Ezekiel Elliott, they're waiting uh, until you can max out on the amount of money that you save on the salary cap if you wait on a player to cut him on June the 1st. We've talked about this rule. I, I Look, I don't know enough about it. Um, I, I don't know the rhyme nor reason of it. It seems to me that, you know, you let the team cut a guy loose. You give the guy a chance earlier rather than later. Not that June 1st is some late date, but you give a guy a chance earlier rather than later to sign with somebody else. Um, the Bengals have until June 1st to um, – you know, take less of a cap hit if they release Mixon. Then the Cowboys said yesterday, they've already let it be known, and I'm sure they have no problem whatsoever. Uh, maybe the rules would dictate you can't do it, but they've already said it's June 1st for Ezekiel Elliott, uh, and he's going to be out there. I tell you, I, 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 I know some people got riled up about it yesterday, but depending on what the Bengals are going to do with, their, with Mixon, uh, are they going to draft a runner who's going to be the primary runner? Um, uh, in their backfield uh, with that 28th pick. Seems like they've addressed the offensive line at this point where they really don't need to do anything else on the offensive line. You brought in Ford. You got Carmen coming back. You, you're going to move Jonah Williams. That conversation's already been had. You got Orlando Brown. They've got enough pieces now where they don't have to go out and sign somebody else. I don't think. You're raising your eyebrows, Casey.
1: Yeah. Always
0: <coughs> the doomsayer.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm not sold that this offensive line is not fixed. Oh. Uh, I think that both tackles are an issue. Both tackle spots are an issue.
0: Orlando Brown what, is an what issue? Was,
1: was. Now that Orlando Bar- Brown is at left tackle, that's secured, that's, that's fine. But Jonah Williams cannot be your starting right tackle. They got to move on.
0: I mean, it's, whoa, clear, whoa, whoa, it's clear whoa, whoa, to me whoa, whoa, that they're whoa, moving. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What, yeah. Now, outside of him not wanting to do it, which they said all along, if you remember now, going back to before the combine, yeah. Frank Pollock said he wasn't crazy about the idea of asking Williams to move over to the right side. Now, that might have just been lip service as they were wheeling and dealing behind the scenes quietly with Orlando Brown. But I don't have a problem with Jonah Williams being a right tackle next year. Tom.
3: Yes.
1: I, I don't I next year, okay, but the ideal situation, and I said this, I don't know, maybe like a week ago. They gotta trade Jonah Williams, get him off your books, go get fill out the rest of your roster holes, and then draft Dewan Jones, and you have the perfect Long-term answer. Long-term
0: answer. There. All right, but what about Ford now here for a second, okay? I know James Rapine was reporting that Ford is now going to be the right tackle. He was a tackle at Oklahoma, and he's played both guard positions and tackle in the NFL. He was a starter in Buffalo. He got hurt. They shift him off to Arizona. He starts the beginning of the season as a starter for Arizona. He then gets hurt he uh, in uh, in september he misses about a month he comes back starts the rest of the year what, what what's wrong with him or right tack well he stinks <laughs> he stinks
1: tom i'm sorry he just does he's not very good unless he just manages to blossom into this amazing product i mean you're you I'm literally saying. you literally got a depth piece that is no better than akima denegie right now that's literally what they did was just they got another guy that they liked before, but he has not shown anything in the NFL that makes you think, oh, wow, this guy is definitely the starter. No. I mean, I would rather have Jonah Williams starting. That's how poorly he's graded out, at least on PFF. All right, but hold on but, a second
0: here. Just hold on a second here. If somebody would have said to you ahead of time, your options are going to be, this is recently as five days ago. Yeah. Okay? If somebody was said to you, you're bringing in, Perhaps the best left tackle in the NFL. Four-time pro bowler, biggest name in free agency among offensive linemen. Yep. You're bringing him in to take over left tackle. Yep. Your other three guys are starters from a year ago, and two, including two studs in Karras and Kappa. Bolson, jury's still out, but yep. solid rookie year nonetheless, yep. okay? I agree with that. If somebody would have said to you that your options for a starting right tackle position are going to be – jonah williams ford and jackson carmen i think 99.9 percent of bengal's fans you might be the 0.01 percent 99.9 percent of the fans would have said sign me up for that scenario oh trace you agree yeah i don't i think it's hard to project if what
2: Guys that come from different organizations to your organization and then try to say whether or not just based off p f f grades if they would if they would play well well the, in your the
1: statistics too that back it up
2: like he's I'm not saying that that's not a reasonable thing to think i I guess my my main point of this whole scenario is, is that what are they going to decide to do with the tight end position and what are they going to do with that twenty eighth pick I think that's no, I think that's that's, that's, that's... that's probably the answer that none of us know yet that, we, that they, you would hope that they know. But if they went out and got, let's say, well, you don't even know if you can get Jones. But if you can, let's just say you can, you can get Jones at 28, then a lot of the things that, we're, that you're concerned about, if you will, are rel- not going to say completely solved, but to a certain extent, before seeing them play, they're solved. Right? Well, the, here, here's my
1: thought. <clears throat> And this is just from my research. This is from my analysis on the draft and what's available left in free agency. I don't understand why they went out and got Cody Ford. I really don't. I I feel like that's a very random decision. He's, I guess, played every position, so it's just a a depth piece that's played everywhere. But he's shown no uh, signs of being a quality starter. I mean, there's a reason why... He was on a couple different teams, and he hasn't even finished out his rookie contract. You think Jonah stinks, right? I think Jonah... That's what you just I, said. I think Jonah is not very right. good at left tackle. Stinks. So why why, why would I feel comfortable him playing at right tackle So it's a whole different position? You're asking him to completely rework all of his techniques. He's never played the position before, and you got a guy in Jackson, Carmen, that we were debating whether or not he should be the one starting at left tackle over Jonah Williams. I think the, the situation that they're in right now is not any better with Cody Ford.
2: Well, this has been brought up in the chat a few times. Uh, Alex has said it, I believe. He's, he's brought up the idea of packaging uh, Jonah and trying to move up with that 28th pick. If if, if you think that he's not good, then my, my main point is is. Aren't, don't other teams, don't, do not they not think the same thing? And if that's the case, what are you actually going to get in return for him?
0: Well, and you got two things working against you there. That, which you just pointed out. And the second thing is, although this could be a strength or a, or a weakness in terms of wanting to make a move here, uh, if you were a team, and let's face it, everybody's looking for offensive linemen, except for the Chiefs, um, but uh, – you know, you got the guy on his last year of a contract at 12 million bucks. That's not a big number. He's a free agent at the end of the year. You could play one of those where, you know, let's see what we got for one year. And maybe he turns out to be, now that his knee's fixed, maybe he turns out to be a pretty good player and we keep him for the long haul. But, you know, little given up, little lost. If you, you give up something for the guy and, um, and he doesn't pan out. I'm just stunned, Casey, that that you really feel that way about the right tackle position when you have those three options already in the fold. Yeah. Jonah Williams has been a starter in this league for four years. Yeah. And he's gotten worse and
1: worse every year. It doesn't... Just getting your knee fixed because of how bad you played this year. I I get that. That maybe he'll have a, a step up. But... His step up is not very good if you look at the rest of his... He had a good
0: 2021. He's still young. You're talking about a a 26-year-old guy. And the same thing with Carmen. Hell, he's younger than that. He's only like 24.
1: I I get what you're saying, Tom. I, I understand the thought of him getting better, but I've not seen any proof or evidence that he will. He's only gotten worse and worse. It's 12 million... I would... I would trade him for a seventh round pick. I wouldn't care because it gives you $12 million in cap space. We're talking about going from 20 to $32 million. You can go get anyone you want. You can go get Dalton Schultz and Taylor Rapp. And, we're, and one, so and one guy
0: you're, you, that I have failed to bring up that we're all forgetting is add a fourth member to that group of potential right tackles, and that's a return of Lyle Collins. Well, I, you
1: know, in that scenario, I, from what I gather or what I can kind of guesstimate what might happen, I don't know. this us be, be certain.
0: Ian Rappaport but, just reported seconds ago. Ooh. Seconds ago. In the wake of the Orlando Brown signing, Jonah Williams has requested a trade through his agent, Ryan Tolner.
1: Let's go let's go come on
0: fire me up Tom but that's let me, exactly what we need let me say what Ian Rappaport mentions oh. contrary to your opinion on this doesn't say you're wrong but his point is Williams would become the top tackle available right now in the NFL <laughs> that's sad if you ask me Sounds like a great that's trade a piece then.
1: great. That sounds like a great trade piece. That's perfect then. I'm telling you, if they go out and trade Jonah Williams, if they get anything more than a seventh round pick. I'm rejoicing. I'm telling you, I am a happy. seventh round <laughs> pick yes, for a four Tom, year
0: starting Tom. left tackle on one of the best offenses in the NFL. You're Jonah happy Williams. With a Jonah, w- round <laughs> pick? Jonah Williams
2: fun. was watching this show. We didn't know this, but it has been proven just through this little small moment in time that Jonah Williams was watching this show, seeing Casey McAllister out here talking what he's been talking, and he's like, you know what, I'm done here. Tom, I don't think you understand how much $12 million in the cap
1: means. That goes from us being like the sixth amount, uh, seventh, eighth amount of cap space left in the NFL to first, to first. We would have the money to go get Dalton Schultz, the top tight end in the NFL right now. You don't right need now.
0: Dalton Schultz. You don't need to spend your money on Dalton Schultz. He's a 26-year-old tight end that You can spend a tight end third that, of that on a guy like and Moreau and, and get routes. the same thing you got from Hurst.
1: <laughs> Tom, that's, the Bengals are that is... Short.
2: The Bengals are short on receiving, receiving options, That's
1: exactly Tom. right. <laughs> I'm just saying that they could go get whoever they want that's in the top of the free agency right now. They could. If they go ahead and trade Jonah Williams, and God bless him, I hope he, he has a great career. But he's not shown that he can improve. He's only gotten worse and worse and worse. Somebody
0: and, said sign Giuseppe, Didn't I read that he just signed with New England? Yeah, I thought he signed with New England too. Or maybe that's another one of these uh, errant it, reports. Where else, Frischner. Is, is he like... He's trying to get in the he's building. Roll is you out? rolled up in like the blankets, like the last no. time we had him on the road in New no. York, he, where he's... he literally reminded me of myself a little bit on certain mornings. He's at the door after right having there. a few cocktails the night before, you know, you found yourself waking up the next morning. The first thing that happens is, is you're twisted up. Blankets are off the bed. You got stuff wrapped around you. Then when you do get up, you reach inside the pants you had on the night before. You got about three or four crumbled up singles.
1: <laughs> no. he's literally, Is that his deal right he's, now? He's at the door. He's at, at the, the door arena. trying to get in the building. He's trying to get in the building. They wouldn't let him in until 1040. So he said he'd be on at 1043. So he's got... He had He's to He's got one minute and 20
2: seconds. He had to have <laughs> let his, left his ID back at the place because there's no way he'd have whipped out Paul Fritschner's ID and not Big League Paul would have been. There's he would have no been in doubt. those doors in a heartbeat. There's. We'll no have to doubt. ask him about that? Well, well oh, you, well,
0: you can mark that. They're, down. they're
2: making him stand outside on the streets until the until the time. I mean, Big League Paul should have red carpets rolled out.
0: I saw that happen one time. We were in Kansas City. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Peter Schrager, you see him on Good Morning Football. I mean, you yeah. know. If there's one dude around the NFL outside of the Troy Aikmans of the world, right, when they come walking into a building, everybody who pays attention to the NFL knows Schrager. And I mean, forgot his pass, and <laughs> I have rarely seen a human being. He's got a lot of jersey in him now. I mean, you know, that, that, that stuff starts snapping. Jersey. The jersey in you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anybody's that's ever been around somebody from Jersey? When they go off the, the reservation, they go off the reservation. Um, some of you, know, look, some in the chat room. I don't know what this one means. Tom, this is not 1985. I don't know what that means, 619 Bengals fan. I don't know what you mean by that. Help me here.
2: Maybe he was talking about you talking about Paul there.
0: No, no, no. no he's was... talking
2: about, I, I believe, he might. He, he can clean it up in the chat and clear it, but I think he was referencing the idea of, of um, you scoffing at the idea of maybe getting Dalton Schultz. I don't know. I'm not sure.
0: I'm not scoffing I, but, at it. I'm just know, saying I don't think you have to go spend because of what Trey said. I don't think you have to go spend. They can do exactly what they did. And, and look, they can do exactly what they did with, 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 with Hayden Hurst. Because look, a guy like Moreau had a much better year this past year than Hurst has had a year ago before he came to Cincinnati. Remember, Hurst is this big first-round draft pick, right? He, he's, he's barely even a starter. The only reason he's a starter in Baltimore is because they go to two tight end sets a lot, and they're running the ball a lot, okay? And then he goes to Atlanta, eh, right? I mean, not much at quarterback down there. Matt Ryan was his last year down there. Um, so Moreau, a guy like him, is more than serviceable in this offense, He caught 33 balls last year. Again, fewer catches, more yards than Hayden Hurst last year as a bengal in this offense. I don't know what the hell the Raiders are doing. Uh, You know, they bring in Jimmy G. I get it letting Derek Carr go. I get that 100%. I think that guy's so overrated. Um, Don't get me wrong. Schultz is a great player. But I think it's said best here by Brian. Schultz is a luxury, not a... Necessity.
1: Oh, right. But you guys, if you trade Jonah and you get him off your books, that's twelve million off your books. What? What is? Where am I? What? what am I missing here that you all aren't understanding? Now, you,
0: now when you put it that way, it, I, I understand what you're saying. I would rather go spend that money if there's somebody out there on a guy that can get to the quarterback. And the guy that strikes my interest is the the, the guy who was. Uh, for years and years in Green Bay. Smith. Oh. Um, Ladarius Smith. Le- yeah, Ladarius Smith. Yeah. Yeah. All right, anyway. Uh, well, apparently he got in the building, uh, but apparently they've let him come in long enough where he has to sit next to an exit because they're about to throw his ass out back on the street somewhere in Greensboro, North Carolina. And look at him. I mean, he's got the hair comb day. He's not, you know... Stumbling into a a, a puddle of white liquor next to his bed, uh, like he was in New York City. That's our main man, Paul Fritschner. Paul, much like Casey and Trace and me, and apparently you, didn't get the memo that it is St. Patrick's Day today, no green, no green. Good morning. I don't hear him. You hear him? Hold on, Paul, hold on. on, I don't hear him.
1: Paul, your mic went out again.
0: He's using that Damn. tired Big East. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Oh, you that's got me it now. The there biggest. he is. There All he is. Good All
3: morning, right. young man. There we go. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Yeah, no, there's no green here on me, but the court is green, so we'll take that as some good vibes. The court, uh, the court outline out there is green. So, no, I uh, they're they're still practicing. They said that the open practice was going to be over at 10:40, but they're still going till 11. So, I just figured I'd hop on now.
0: So wait a minute, let me get this straight. There are teams that are coming in and practicing. I know normally, like yesterday, every team gets in the gym for an hour that's going to play today, right? So you're seeing there are teams that are actually practicing or walking through whatever it is this morning, and yet you're only a couple hours away from tip-off for Xavier playing the first game there today. Yeah, the,
3: every team gets a 20-minute practice session today. And so the night session, the teams like – like Kansas, the Kansas State guys just walk by. Um, they, uh, they're they all practicing right now. So they get 20 minutes on the court, closed to the media and everything. They said that was going to be done by 1040, so that was why I was trying to get out there. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't – I think uh, everything opens like about an hour before the game. So
0: Okay. all right, they're, What's the vibe right on your Xavier Musketeers here? We saw a lot of upsets, a couple of huge upsets yesterday, most notably – the two seed Arizona, four seed Virginia, a lot of tight games last night. What was your impression? Let's let's start first of all. What was your impression uh, of the first day of the tournament yesterday? Anything stand out? One or two things? Well,
3: besides besides the two big upsets, besides Furman and and um, Princeton, really, it was just chalk the whole way. I mean there there weren't a too lot there weren't too many uh, there weren't too many games that really stood out in my mind that were shocking because if you go down the list. I mean, they were blow- Penn State maybe blowing out Texas A&M was a little surprising to me. I mean, I know, I know Penn State has been playing well. Texas A&M has been playing some of the best basketball in the country. So the way that that game happened shocked me. Um, but other than that, it, it, six of the 16 games yesterday had a one or a two seed. Now, I know one of those two seeds lost, but six of the 16 games had a top two seed. Bama cruised, Kansas cruised. Um, you know, Houston and NKU, that was a fantastic game. Uh, we can talk more about that if you want but there wasn't a ton that stuck out to me uh results wise I thought San Diego State survived against uh Charleston Charleston yeah. definitely had the opportunities but you know they they, they just couldn't kind of close it out down the stretch but uh no I think the vibes are good here like I've been saying all week I really don't think Xavier could have gotten a better matchup than Kennesaw State so and it, we'll roll the ball out there and see what happens but as far as just on paper how a matchup goes I really don't think it could have could have broken any better for Xavier
0: you know, I brought up a little while ago, uh, Paul, if, if, if NKU shoots a three a little bit better uh, than they did yesterday, I think they're right in that game for the last three, four, five minutes of the game. The three wasn't there, and sometimes that just happens. But, um, you know, I wonder, and you're around all the big muckety-mucks, I mean, all the power brokers in college basketball, you're around them all the time. Um, if I'm sitting there and I'm watching NKU yesterday, last night, Uh, And I'm looking at Darren Horn, and I know the NKU people don't want to hear this, and I understand why they don't. But if I'm out there and I'm thinking about looking for my next college basketball coach, I guarantee you, for me, there aren't a a lot of guys that I'd be looking at that rank much higher than Darren Horn.
3: Well, I think that was the frustrating thing last night for, for people that follow NKU. I thought Jeremy Rau from Fox 19 had a great tweet. He said, you know, years from now, players and NKU fans are going to be saying we could have won that game and maybe should have won that game. And I really think that NKU maybe, sh- I don't want to say should have won that game, but Darren Horn put together um, maybe the most perfect, well-executed game plan you could have asked for for NKU. They just didn't make threes and they're a good three-point shooting team like in general they are in the top third in the country in three-point shooting they they shoot at about 35 36 percent coming into the game last night and then they go five for 33 you just go completely cold now I know some of those at the end were were you know may, maybe the last five or six were just kind of at the very end of the game yeah. but even still if you get if you shoot your percentage you win that game Right, if 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 NKU shoots their percentage, they're winning that game last night. So I think that's where it is frustrating. But to your point, there was not a better game plan that Darren Horn could have drawn up for a 16 seed to beat a one seed. You got to take chances, which is why I don't even really hate all the threes that they took. I know a lot of people were complaining. You know, I I saw a lot of tweets going on about the people about all the threes, and I get it. There were a couple in the first half that I thought. Maybe they took a little early, but even still, when you're a 16 seed playing a one seed, you got to take some chances somewhere. You got you got to take a risk. You got to gamble a little bit, and they did. And they just the shots didn't fall. That's a it, it was a bummer because they played well enough to win the game. And then Jamal Shedd got hurt for Houston. Marcus Sasser got re injured for Houston. All the stars were lining. They just couldn't hit any threes. But to Darren Horn's credit, I don't think there's anything more he could have done.
0: You know, I mean, for some of the teams that are that are three, four, five seeds, uh, even dropping a little bit lower, uh, I know a lot of people feel like Alabama's got the easiest route at this point. I don't think anything's easy getting to a Final Four. Uh, but I just think it's such a shame uh, that, that it could be a situation for two schools, which I know going way back with, you know, some of the Wimp sanderson days. They had a lot of guys that played in the NBA for a long time. Houston, we know about. You know, uh, the great players with Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. But, I mean, these haven't been household names by any means in terms of getting to a Final Four. I I just think it's a shame that, that we could be staring down the barrel at Brandon Miller with Alabama and Marcus Sasser with Houston as two guys that are just not going to be able to play. And we don't know that for sure yet, but not going to be able to play the way those teams are counting on them playing. That might be the biggest single takeaway from the tournament after day one for me.
3: Yeah, no doubt. And I was going through last night and I was looking at some of the headlines and I just kept thinking to myself, man, you know, you're looking at that box score and you're seeing Brandon Miller, zero points in a game that Alabama won as comfortably as they did. I mean, Houston needs Marcus Sasser to be able to play at his highest level. Because think about this, Houston is about to play Auburn in Birmingham. Houston's about. Houston is the one seed about to play Auburn two hours away from their campus. I mean, I don't really – there's nothing that prohibits that from happening. But, boy, that's that's a tough draw for Houston to now have to do that, potentially without two of their best players, depending on how well Jamal Shedd can go. Um, so I think from that aspect of it, yeah, and then the Brandon Miller thing too. Uh, you, you, you put these best players out there and, and you hope that they can carry you through this month of March when you need your best players. And this is what I say all the time. A lot of times when you get into a game, you get into a close game, the team that wins is whoever has the best player on the floor. It's one guy that takes over that says, you know, this is going to be my game. I'm going to take over when the moment matters, when the lights shine brightest. This season, that's been Brandon Miller for for Alabama. Now, what happens from here on out, that's a big question mark and one that Alabama's going to have to answer. A lot of people pick them to go to the Final Four. A lot of pe- people pick them to win the national championship. Rightly so. They have – maybe the easiest, most navigable path in the, in the NCAA tournament. Now it just comes down to, uh, you know, how, how they manage some of those things. And the path's not going to get any easier from here on out.
0: All right, let me ask you one final question. If, if, if you were to look at, you know, it's a Kennesaw State team today. They play nine guys, 10 or more minutes. They play eight guys, 14, 15 or more minutes. If there's one thing... That, that, that early in the game all of a sudden you start seeing happening where all of a sudden if you're an ex-fan you're starting to get a little bit uneasy about Kennesaw State what might that be?
3: We'll know uh, I, in fact just it's funny you say that I was just talking to somebody in the media room before I came out about that exact thing I think we'll know about 10 minutes into this game what kind of a game we're in for now that's not to say that even if Xavier got behind I mean we saw what happened against DePaul in the Big East tournament Xavier got down and and came back to find a way to win but we've talked so much about how this is a good matchup for Xavier if Xavier comes out and they're not playing tight and they hit a couple of threes Xavier prides itself on its offense if they come out and they put up 15 20 points in the first six minutes of the game and they're defending well, and you can tell that Kent State can't really handle the physic. Or sorry, Kennesaw State can't really handle the physicality. I think you're going to know pretty quick if, if Xavier is able to score with ease. I think it's going to be a long day, just because I'm not sure that Kennesaw State is going to be able to keep up offensively with Xavier. But uh, you know, if 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 the Owls go out there, if they muck it up, if they're fine with their depth, that they're fine with fouling. And now Xavier's a good three-point shooting team uh, for the most part, especially a guy like Sule Boom. Um, for the most part, I, I know not everybody is a great three-point shooter on Xavier, but for the most part, um, you know, when you look at a guy like Sule Boom, or even down the stretch, Colby Jones has been a, a pretty good three-point shooter so, or a free-throw shooter. So I, I just think you're going to know pretty quickly um, if Xavier's playing tight or if they're, the offense is free, it's flowing. You know, And I have a feeling Sean Miller probably looked at the team yesterday and said, hey, look, Furman happened, Princeton happened. Arizona was up by 10 with eight minutes to go, and they lost the game. We can't take your foot off the gas. You got to keep pressing forward. And I have a feeling that uh, if that's happening, that they'll 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 take care of business.
0: All right, Paulie, we'll have a great time there. We thank you for your time. We know you're really really busy, and have a great time there in Greensboro. And we'll check back in with you when you're back in the house next weekend. Absolutely. See you Monday, Tom. All right, buddy. See you Monday. Paul Fritschner, kind enough to join us from Greensboro, North Carolina, where both Xavier and Big Cal. Cal be down there tonight. You imagine that guy holding court, Calipari down there in Greensboro. Question Maybe. is, will he have the big blue ready? All right, let's take a quick timeout, and then Paul Doherty's going to join us to talk about the Bengals and the NCAA tournament. This is off the bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Ham and Eggers, take it away. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments.
2: Casey, you thought you had a chance, didn't you? You did. And and rightfully so. NKU had an opportunity to win. I I just – my main thing that really irritates me with situations like this is that it's like before the game started, the expectation was if they played well, kept it close, then that'd be great. And then as the game goes on and NKU kept it close, then it's almost like the goalposts got moved to a certain extent. It's like, well, NKU – Maybe they should have won that game. NKU plays Houston 100 times. I think they beat Houston maybe three times. Maybe three. Sheed, who I know many of you have not watched Houston play a lot, and that's fine, and rightfully so. I'm not saying you should have. Sheed played the worst game I've ever seen him play in his entire career. And in fact, it turns out he had a hurt knee. But he turned the ball over an incredible amount, and one of Houston's strengths is their guard play. It's Sheed. Not only can Sheed, you know, shoot the ball from the outside, but he can drive the ball to the hoop. He can get to the rim. He did none of that last night. He played terrible. And I'll give NKU credit for him playing terrible. But at the end of the day, it's like I get on Twitter and people are just complaining about the job Darren Horn did and why they shoot so many threes. It's, and, and, I, and, I, and I understand the idea of being frustrated in the moment. But the logic that's being used right now as far as like how, how good of an opportunity NKU really had, they were a 16 seed playing a one seed, and they played Houston, who was really, really good. And I seen AJ in the chat said he's hammering Auburn, and Auburn has every right and the ability to win that game, but I don't think Auburn matches up very well against, uh, against Houston because in order to beat a team like Houston, in my opinion, you're not going to out Houston Houston, Right. I've seen it in college football. The analogy I'm going to use is, and I'll go back to what I watch the most, which is Georgia football. Michigan football is not going to beat Georgia football. They can't do it. You can't line up and run the same stuff and beat the team that's just better than you in every aspect that you're trying to be better at. So my main point is NKU's only chance last night was to hit threes and, and, and basically take perimeter jump shots and they go in. And if you think they're going to drive the ball to the hole and be able to have any type of success against Houston, then you just haven't watched Houston enough. You haven't. But, I, again, that's the last thing I'm going to say about it. I thought NKU should be incredibly proud of the way they played. Yes, sir. And I think Houston is a very, very good team. And it wouldn't shock me if they beat Auburn by 15 to 20 points. On Saturday, if those guys are healthy, if those guys are healthy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just telling you, they will be ready to play, pissed off by the way they played on Friday, or excuse me, Thursday, and you're going to find out what some of the teams in the American Conference have figured out, and that's Houston is a damn good team. There's
0: no doubt about that uh let's check in from uh how are we introducing you now by the way i see you got some new gig uh with with uh, at the benjamin i mean are you still the morning line at substack.com i meant to ask you this when we were texting this morning how are we introducing you now paul docherty
5: ah your highness would be
0: good (laughs) okay all right we'll start with that your highness is there anything else, though, you'd like us to put up down, you know, on the screen where people can find what you're doing?
5: Uh, sure. Um, I'm still doing the morning line on Substack. Uh, I, I've also agreed to uh, do it uh, for betthebenjamin.com, which is a, uh, I guess we're calling it kind of a sports slash lifestyle uh, website. Wow. Uh, Esquire meets Sports Illustrated, right? Uh, Keith Jenkins, who used to cover UC for The Inquirer, uh, is doing the lifestyle sports part. And I'm just doing what I do with The Morning Line. In fact, it's going to be fairly similar to The Morning Line on BetTheBenjamin, BetTheBen.com every day. So there you go. BetTheBen.com. Yeah, BetTheBen.com.
0: That's Okay. We'll make sure we start putting that up from now on. Uh, You know, we just got this news a few minutes ago and listen, a knee jerk reaction. I'm as guilty of that uh, as a day is long, but I'm sitting here thinking to myself just here in the last few minutes, let's start with, before we get to that, let's start with Orlando Brown. Were you as stunned by that as I think most of us were?
5: I certainly didn't see it coming. Um, I think what that says more than anything, Tom, is we really do, after all these years, have to adjust to a new reality about the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they, uh, from this particular move, especially, they're in it to win it. I mean, when is the last time you heard of the Cincinnati Bengals getting the best free agent available at any position? I mean, they knew last year they, they needed to, to get better at certain places. They've known for several years, and they, and they never went big time. This guy is the best guy at his position on the market. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. For Four last four years, he's made the Pro Bowl. He's, he's made every start, hasn't missed a start in those four years. Um, you know, he, he was the starting left tackle. Kansas City last year I'll I'll take that guy all day and all night so sure I was surprised but maybe like I'm saying we need to readjust our thinking when it comes to this club because they are showing uh, in a way they've never shown before that they want to win I mean Mike Brown used to say you remember this he used to say I want to compete yeah okay great good for you you want to compete or you know I want I want to win okay I, I I, I want to move to Fiji and, and drink rum drinks on the beach the rest of my life, too. There's a lot of things we want. Um, they're going out and doing it now. So beyond the fact that they got a, a really good player and now they can slide Williams from left to right and Lyle Collins won't be here next year, beyond the, the, the fact they got a good player, they're sending a pretty strong message that you know we're not, we're not your dad's Bengals, you know? So I, I thought yep. it was great. Um, well,
0: speaking of, and this is where I was going uh, when I started a second ago, uh, it just came across the wire literally two, three minutes ago. The Jonah Williams has now requested a trade uh, because he's going to be moved off left tackle. Now, now look, I, I, I think each and every one of us can understand if we held a certain position at whatever it is we do for a living, and now we've been replaced at that position— OK, but maybe for guys like you and me, it's that like, OK, well, they're still going to have us in a pretty doggone good position. In this case, with Williams, your move to right tackle on a pretty doggone good team with a chance to win a Super Bowl, with a chance to certainly compete for a Super Bowl on one of the best offenses in the NFL. Uh, and now all of a sudden, uh, the first sign of trouble and Jonah Williams wants out of town. I am shocked. I am shocked. Maybe you're You're not. You're being sarcastic. No, I'm being totally serious. I I say to myself, you have got to be kidding me. That all of a sudden you have a chance to play on a great team for one more year. You're going to make 12 million bucks. And you have a chance to start at right tackle on potentially a great Super Bowl contending team. And all of a sudden, bam, things don't yeah. go my way. So you, I run out of town. Maybe well, I'm, I'm overblowing of- this. I don't know. I said it was knee-jerk reaction, but that's my reaction to it.
5: I, I think that uh, there's a lot of ego involved in this sort of thing. I mean, Orlando Brown would not have come here were he not promised that he would be the left tackle. He was a right tackle in Baltimore after he got the Ravens draft him, and he was there for three years. Was a Pro Bowl right tackle his last two years. Uh, they wouldn't move him off a of right tackle, so he said, "I want out of here." Um, so I, I understand it. I understand Jonah Williams, but I, I I'm kind of with you. He, he's he's been an okay left tackle. Uh, I don't think he's as good a left tackle uh, as Orlando Brown is. In fact, the, you know, I know he's not. Uh, it's a good move for the team, like you said. He's making decent money. Uh, he's going to be with a team that has a chance to get to the Super Bowl and possibly win it. Um, yeah, I, but I, I understand. I mean, most most of us are that way, you know, ego-wise. We we tend to we tend to inflate our own worth maybe more than we should, and. and it probably to be a great athlete, you got to have a bigger ego than, than most of the rest of us. So well, I, I get it, but yeah. I think he's making a mistake.
0: Well, now, I mean, I, look, he wants I know, to be Apple. paid like a left tackle. I get it, okay? I mean, I, yeah. that part of yeah. it, just from that standpoint, left tackles make more than right, excuse me, right tackles. Uh, unless maybe, you know, the outlier would be for a left-handed throwing quarterback. Maybe you put more value on the on the blind right. side. But case in point, though, is he wants to be paid like a left tackle. He's always been a left tackle. That's fine. But I, I just think that there are some cases, and I've always been a a, a team-first kind of a guy, like I know you are too. I, I just, I'm shocked by it. All right. Um we move on to the um, to the NCAA tournament. How'd you do yesterday? You said you filled out a bracket. How'd you do? Out of sixteen games, have you added up how many you won and lost?
5: Yeah, I won thirteen. Wow. Yeah, I had wow. a good day. I had a good day with the bracket. Yeah, that's a good not, day. Not, not a great day wagering, um, but in the office pool or the family pool, I did I did pretty well. Yeah. So, who were your
0: three law losers? I'm assuming Arizona would be one, right? Yeah,
5: Arizona was one. Um, I picked I picked Virginia in the in the off in the family pool, and uh, Boise State of all people. I, I thought they would beat Northwestern. I think it was Northwestern. But yeah. those were the three losses
0: i Northwestern looked good. We were talking about that before you joined us. Penn State, yeah, they did. They did Penn look good. State
5: really looked good. I, I I mean, I don't know how they yeah, do it, you know, they really look good. You have been burned by big teams too many times. That's why I didn't pick them. And, of course, I was wrong. See my cat? Like my cat? That's yeah, cool. we love animals. Live there we TV, go. man. Look at him. His name is Otis. He's oh, checking yeah. out the man up there. There you go. Does Otis have a
0: drinking problem or an eating problem? Otis looks like he's not <laughs> missing any meals back there. Oh. <laughs> all right, so what about today? Um, you know, we heard Paul Fritzner reporting from Greensboro a moment ago, and, and I don't know how frequently coaches like to, quote-unquote, plant this seed in their team's minds, if at all. But based on what we saw yesterday, not only Arizona and Virginia losing, but some other teams that were pushed right to the max there um, – you know, you you think Sean Miller's at least letting his team know that hey, fellas, there are no layups in this college basketball world we live in now.
5: Yeah, I, I sure. I'm 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 guessing he said that. I was listening to the guy that you had on. I I don't agree that they're gonna be be at all tight, Xavier. I, they they've got a veteran team, man. I mean, almost everybody that starts on that team, except Colby Jones, I think now is is a senior. Um, I I don't have any worries about that at all. The only thing that worries me is if they have a bad shooting day. Um, For them to to go as far as they they probably can in this tournament, Sule Boom has to be on it. I mean, as he goes, they go. Um, And like the guy said, if if they're hot early and, and, and let Kennesaw know right away you got no chance, then Kennesaw will have no chance. The funny thing about these upsets, And I'm sure people have said it before, but you can almost physically see it. The longer that a Princeton or a Furman stays in a game, the better chance they have of winning it. I mean, it's a neutral court, theoretically, and the fans get into it when they see blood in the water and think that the upset guys have a chance, and they start believing it themselves. You know, so if you see a game, a five-point game, with five minutes to play and the underdog is behind you know that they're, they're probably even money or better to win the game
0: yeah you know i, I mean I, I just sit there and I, I i was talking about it very earlier in the show today i i, I you know look and i always say all the time i, I i'm i'm always reluctant if ever to get on a uh, a college player's case because at the end of the day for those of us blessed enough to have kids uh in that age group At the end of the day, these guys, most of them are anywhere from 17 to 22, 23 years old. Uh, They're going to have a lot more ups and downs than the rest of us. They'll have good days and bad days more so than the rest of us in our 50s, 60s, whatever. Um, but But I just sit there, Doc, though, at the same time, and I say to myself, Arizona's doing nothing but recruiting four- and five-star players. I mean, this is a – people here in Ohio maybe don't pay attention. I lived out in Arizona for about almost 12 and a half years. That is as big-time a basketball program as there is in the country. They've got it all out there. And how you can have four- and five-star players that go the last 11 minutes of the game and don't score a single point is almost beyond – any logical thinking whatsoever
5: yeah that one was tough to figure when, when uh, Maryland Baltimore County beat Virginia um you could almost rationalize that Virginia was not a team that could come back uh, they still really aren't they, they their offense is, is you know very set they don't run, they don't run up and down the court they're not going to reel off 10 points in a couple of minutes that one you could almost see this one no I, I you know Arizona plays well enough and varied enough that they can beat any style. Um, I don't know. I, I can't explain. It. I mean, that's why it's the madness, Tom. That's why. That's why they yep. they play the games, right? That's right.
0: That's right. All right. Before we let you go here today, now that you got your big gig and everything, and probably get a big bump in salary, you'll be moving out of Loveland, probably shimmying down the road to Indian Hill. Um, the um, you have any upset specials today? You got any insight for us since you won 13 out of 16 yesterday?
5: Yeah. Um, I don't even have the bracket in front of me, man. I'm sure I picked a few. I should have been better prepared. Sorry, I don't know. All right, have- did, I did you
0: pick? Well, you came that. prepared wait, wait. with it. The- All right, go grab it uh, and-, and take a look for us because anybody who wins 13 out of 16, that's normally where I am uh, after the first day of the tournament, but yeah, I'm boy. not there this year. I hit on 11 out of 16. Not good. What do you got?
5: Anybody that thinks that they should listen to me. Deserves to have their head examined. I, uh, you know, I, I, one of them that I like, I think is Drake. I think Drake has a chance to beat Miami. Um, I don't think I don't, I don't think Indiana very good. I got them winning. I got them beating Kent, but I'm not really excited about that. I think Kent State has a chance to beat my uh, to beat yep. Indiana. Yep. Um. Who else we got? How about really are you? Got Cal? Who you like, Kentucky and Providence? I think Kentucky wins that game, but they're so up and down, that could be the only one they win, you know? I, I you know, don't they're,
0: see it. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> one of about two or three teams where if you told me they lost in the first round, Indiana would be another one of those teams, where if they lost in the first round, I'm not yeah. going to be shocked. If they made it to the Elite Eight or Final Four, I'm not going to be shocked about that either.
5: Yeah, I, yeah. I'd love to pick Kentucky to go further, but they just haven't been consistent all year. I mean, they they started playing really well. I'm thinking, okay, Cal's got them going and they're going to be a factor in March. But, you know, after that, they kind of slipped back into their old ways and didn't, weren't playing that great. So I, I don't know. But all right. I don't know.
0: All right. Well, Doc, thank you for your time as always. Have a great weekend, uh, settling in, watching lots of college hoops, and good luck in the family pool. Thanks, Matt. Happy
5: St. Paddy's
0: Day. Well, I was getting ready to say you—you you say you didn't come prepared. Well, you—you you, you broke out the green beads there. That's—that's that's big time, big time. Plus a little
5: mess for you right there. How about that?
0: I thought that that might have been. Uh, 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 yeah, that's nice. You, you, what you need attached to that is like a um, is like a a, a vial of bear. So if you drink too much <laughs> green beer, could be. All right. Congratulations on the new gig, TheBen.com. Ben.com. All right. Good luck with that. All right, brother. All right, man. Paul Doherty, kind enough to join us. All right, what we did yesterday was we walked through every game. We had a lot of fun doing it with Casey and Trace. We've asked Reed. I've already asked him uh, if he can make his way inside the studio so we can do the same thing again here today. Is there anything else, Casey? Because you normally walk in, uh, I'm not going to say quite into an Aaron Rodgers darkness retreat-like place, but when you go home at night, you normally come in uh, and, and you have a few things on your mind before we start going through games. Is there anything that that, that we're leaving out there that we haven't addressed before we start picking games?
1: Um, In terms of... In terms of college basketball, no. I don't think there's anything that is... Well, what about just my, in general?
0: Sports in, in, in general. Life in general.
1: Life in general. Um,
0: anything out there?
1: I just want to say one one last time to everyone that came to Wings and Rings. That was a good time for everyone that was there. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. Yep. Watching the games with us. Um, really... Uh, I hadn't had a chance to say thank you. So, thank you for, for showing up, and um, we really appreciate it. We want to do more stuff like that maybe in the future, and um, no, no. You know, we really thank you guys for supporting us. So. Yes, we do.
0: Okay, here we go. Reed, welcome. How's it going? You got your Hoosiers t-shirt going.
4: Hoosiers. They, Kent State's in for a world of hurt tonight, Tom. They're in for a world of hurt. They ain't never seen a Trace the Jackson. Only Davis.
0: team Indiana put a world of hurt on was Purdue.
4: Yeah, and they're a number one seed, Tom. Purdue, what's Kid State? Thirteen.
0: Come on. Okay, that's what people looking down your nose like you're doing now. I can promise you, knowing the fans of the University of Arizona, they were straight looking down their nose yesterday at Princeton.
4: Well, you know, upsets are bound to happen. Good, good thing they got them all out of the way. Got them all out of the way, Tom. Okay. We talk about home court advantages.
2: What do you think the ticket price is to get into the same building Paul's at today for the morning session for Xavier? I know the answer. What do you think of this, Tom?
0: What you mean? Just for a ticket to the game? You mean like upper
2: tank? A ticket to get into the game, upper tank. It's going to be Kennesaw State versus uh, Xavier. What's the second game read off the top of my head? Iowa State. Iowa State's
0: game. Iowa State-Pittsburgh. And then they clear everybody out. They right?
2: clear everybody out, and then Kentucky comes rolling. Uh, out.
0: I was getting ready to say, I think you, since they're clearing everybody out, I would bet you could get a decent, a decent price for a ticket. I'm gonna say forty, fifty bucks.
2: Four dollars.
0: Four dollars, Tom. That's a little high. Forty or fifty. No, now you can rest assured it'll jump to forty or fifty tonight for seven p in the Big Blue Nation. Believe
2: in. it or not, I don't know if Big Blue Nation's down on Cal or not. But oh. Believe it or not. Uh $28 gets you in the door. Providence v. Kentucky. They're down on Cal in
0: Kentucky land. I'm
2: just going to tell you. They you are, know, you they know are, it's funny. I they're, went they're on, out on them.
0: When I was doing the Reds games, we go on a Reds caravan every year. And I was on the year. So they had won the national championship the year before. Okay. So this is the next year. And they were having a kind of a season like they're having now. And man... We'd go into some of these little towns all over Kentucky and make a stop at a local pizza joint in conjunction with a radio station, the affiliate who's sponsoring the thing. I'll never forget some of the things that people, I mean, 50, 60 golden girl, year old women that were sitting there and and talking about Cal's got to go run him out of town. And I'd be like, the dude just won the national championship a year ago. So they can go south on you in a hurry. Cal have them rolling tonight. UK fans and Ohio State fans, there's a lot of striking similarities. Tom, no question, we've gone we've gone over that. Ohio State football fans. Correct.
4: Yes. Correct. Okay.
0: All right, here we go, boys. Day two, March Madness. This potentially could be a good game. Michigan State is a one and a half point favorite as a seven seed against number ten, the University of Southern California. Now, Tom Izzo's team, very good on defense, but they're also pretty good this year on offense. They're shooting almost 40% from three-point land. Your thoughts, let's start with you, since you're Mr. Big Ten, wearing your Indiana t-shirt. Who do you see winning this one, the Spartans or the Trojans?
4: I've watched Michigan State enough this season to know that despite they've got Izzo, it's March. They always seem to come to play, but Michigan State ain't it this year. They're not it. And USC has played some very tough teams over there in the pack, and I know one of them just got eliminated yesterday in in Arizona. But USC has played very well against UCLA, who I think is going to win the entire tournament. I like the Trojans in this one.
0: Well, the one thing the Trojans are not is a rebounding team, and that is what Michigan State is all about. USC is one of the worst rebounding teams 328th rebounding in the country. Michigan State looks like their offensive line walks in the building when they come in. Trace? Well, I mean,
2: if I'm a USC fan, I'd say you don't get to rebound the ball a whole lot if it goes through the hoop, Tom. And Good Michigan, point. Michigan State has a lot of opportunities to get offensive rebounds if you've ever watched their game. Yes, they, they, they got plenty of opportunities. So... I don't know, man. I, this is one of those games where last night I decided to take a uh, – a res- not a responsible break because Princeton brought me all the way back. But I, I loved Penn State last night. I didn't, I didn't bet it. And then, uh, of course, I loved um, UCLA. Didn't bet it. And I woke up this morning. I said, it's Friday. It's St. Paddy's Day. Whatever my gut tells me, I'm betting it. I'll win or lose, I'm going to live with the result. I'm tired of second-guessing myself. I seen USC versus Michigan State – and I love USC. And I, I put my money where my mouth is. So I'm all in on USC. I think Michigan State is just a gross, disgusting basketball team. Casey. <laughs> uh, I partially agree with these guys that Michigan
1: State is a very disgusting team. Um, <laughs> can't even say it with a straight face. Uh, they they are very defensive. Um, a very defensive team. They get a lot of rebounds, just like you said. But I'm going to just go against the grain here. Um, I don't know enough about USC. I don't watch them uh, too late in the day for me. Too late at night, actually, I should say, for me to watch them at all. But I know that Michigan State, that they are somewhat of a blue blood. Yep, say, they certainly say, are. I are they, though? No? Yeah, say they me. are. Are they? They are. And I – I've been on the Blue Bloods coattails so far in this bracket, and I don't think it's really hurt me too bad. So I'm going to stick with that. Michigan State in this one for me.
0: Let me just check something here real quick, because I I remember hearing something about this last year.
4: I'm not buying it. You're wondering. I know
0: know you're not, but hold on a second now. Okay.
4: Is it Izzo's first-round record or something like that?
0: Izzo has led the Spartans to eight Final Fours. That's pretty doggone good, boy. Eight final fours. They've won six Big Ten championships. They've won six Big Ten tournament championships. Um, 25 consecutive NCAA tournaments. He's never had a losing season as a head coach. If that's not blue blood, then it's a light shade of blue blood. Yeah, that's all I said. I, I didn't say they were a fool on blue blood. No,
1: no, no. no. I think yeah. Tom was agreeing with you. I yeah. just,
2: I was just pushing back and saying I don't, I don't buy into Michigan State being a blue blood. However, I'm not going to say they're not on the, on the, uh, they're not on the outside looking in type situation. Okay. They're, Tom, they're, 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 that's, they're close. They're close. That's how I feel. How many national championships have
0: they won? Does it say that? They they've one. won
4: one. They've won. Tom, how many national championships has the Big Ten won in the past thirty years?
0: I would say no more than one or two. It's just
4: the one Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan State. So the Big Twelve has won more in the previous two years than the, the Big Ten has won in the past thirty. Yep.
2: That's tough though, because Ohio State was really damn good and they ran into that
4: Florida did they run into that Florida bunch yep. back in the day with Billy yep. Donovan, maybe? Yep. Ohio State has been to like the fourth most final fours. Me and Paul looked that up the other day. Yeah. Yeah, Amazing. they've
0: been to a lot. They're gonna be good next year. Was he not? Michigan State is going to destroy this team today.
2: Was there any uh, substance to the rumors that uh, Holtman was going to Notre Dame?
0: I don't know. I I, I heard that same thing. I read that same thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know.
2: All right, we'll let you go to the next. I name. don't.
0: Sorry. Know. No, no problem. I mean, it was in it. I, when I saw it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I don't know how anybody in their right mind would leave there to go there. But yeah, uh, it's it just like me. a step. My wife would do it, but but. All right. Uh, your Xavier Musketeers, we'll let you go last on this one. You're wearing the Indiana shirt, but you're always pumping up Xavier. Um, look, their backcourt's unbelievable. Col- Colby Jones and Sule Boom. we've talked about them already. Um, uh, Kennesaw State is not a big team. That's not necessarily a big deal in this without Zach Fremantle. In fact, they're quite small. Uh, it's an amazing story, Kennesaw State. What was it? Three years ago, they won one game. One game and lost. I think twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Uh, do they have any chance, Casey McAllister? They being Kennesaw State. First of all, do you know their nickname? No, I do not. Do you know their nickname? No, Don't I do not. Go look it up. I, am
4: actually. I should have known this. I just looked it up because my my friends who are, hate Xavier have been have nicknamed our group chat this mascot nation in in preparation
0: of. And what is Kennesaw State second? They're the Owls. The Owls, okay. Owl Nation. All right, Owl Nation. Does Owl Nation, Casey, have any shot? Are you picking Owl Nation? Oh, wait a minute, what is this? Joshua. Nice to meet Joshua yesterday. Looks like Reed went with the Bluffton baseball pinch the shirt under the armpit for picture day.
4: (laughs) Tom, I'm getting body shamed over here. I'm getting, I mean, the chat has just been <laughs> lighting me up about the shirt that I have worn. Dude, you Listen, got those guns, right? <laughs> hey, you know what? If you got them, show them off. I, I bought this shirt. It's cotton. I put it through the wash and the dry one time. It got a little smaller. I don't you know what it to Did you buy it in fourth say. grade? <laughs> <laughs> I bought it about, about a month ago. You bought
0: that shirt a month ago?
4: I think it's time. I've been gaining some weight. I think it's time. I need to <laughs> I need to move from large to extra large. I think I've realized that, Tom.
0: Dude, you got those guns going. <laughs> uh, believe me, I wish I had them. I'd be walking around here and in a shirt look like that.
3: Uh, can we move on?
0: <laughs> Let's move on. You don't have to worry about me, me, me having that problem. Casey, the Almation, Nation, yay or nay? <laughs> nay. Uh, Xavier
1: has got this one. They've got this one, Sule, boom, my favorite player this year. He's gonna get it done for him. Who's your favorite player? Sule, boom. He's your favorite player. Yeah, he's my favorite player this year. Who's your least, least favorite Xavier player? player.
4: He was my least favorite player. Please say Adam Kunkel. He stinks. No. <laughs> oh God. No.
0: You talking about that guard? Yes, Dude, the guy's a gamer. I'm not saying he's a great player, (laughs) but the guy's a gamer. You got to give it up to him for that. He
4: hustles. He he hustles. There's no doubt about that. He
0: plays his tail off, man. I'm not saying he's a great player, but that's my kind of (laughs) guy. I want that guy on my team. He's got fire and passion. Mm -hmm. Why would you beat down a guy like that? Because seriously, the, I understand you're beating down some guy who's like some four-star, five-star guy, you know, sleepwalking and not playing hard. You strike me as a guy that would like a guy like him. So the reason that I don't like Adam Kunkel is for the reasons that you, that everyone loves him. He's
4: this, you know, smaller, local, this guy who hustles, little white boy that comes out there and he's playing hard. But it just seems like when things are going south, Adam Kunkel is at
0: is the reason for it more often than okay. not. Okay, all right. Well, I don't pay enough, and I'm not a Xavier fan. I got nothing against him, and I'm not a Xavier fan. I didn't know Cunkles a local kid. Where, where is he? From local? Northern Kentucky. Okay. Well, I, the kid to me, he's got, plays with fire. I, I mean, I, so I think there's something to be said for that, but that's just me. Um, Trace, any chance tonight Xavier loses today at 1240p? There's always a chance.
2: The, the 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 question of the day for me, and I want you guys to help me make this decision because I don't know if I have it the guts to do it. Um, fifteen hundred dollars pays two hundred dollars, which seems like you know sometimes you just say have, that again. If you pay, if you put fifteen hundred dollars, on,
0: fifteen hundred
2: If you put fifteen hundred dollars on Xavier to win, you win two hundred dollars. And sometimes you got to get past the idea that you have a chance to lose fifteen hundred dollars because if if Xavier's winning by twenty five at halftime, you're sitting there thinking to yourself. That's a free $200 I can start my day off with betting. And I've been going back and forth all morning long on this. I went, I was so um, terrible of a degenerate. Last night I thought, I have not seen Kennesaw State play one iota. I like Xavier. I think Xavier's actually maybe a little bit of a better team than people would like to give him credit for. I watched Kennesaw State about four minutes on ESPN Plus last night on On Demand. And I was I was ready to put two thousand dollars on Xavier. I gotta be honest,
4: (laughs) but I but I I didn't do it. Trace,
2: I didn't do it. So I need people to talk me off the ledge. I don't know, but I'm I'm very close. And you know what, Tom? I gotta be honest. If Xavier loses, sometimes it's worth losing fifteen hundred dollars. Because then he could just bomb (laughs) the hate. The hate. It's
4: almost a win-win for me, Tom. Paying fifteen hundred dollars just to be a hater. Golly, Tom. This isn't even a game. This is a scrimmage. The Xavier Xavier's gonna win. They're gonna cover. This is what is just the, move line? On to the, next the line? What's the line in that game? 11, it's like and a half. It's like twelve. It's it do to Twelve and a half to eleven and a
2: half. Back to twelve and a half. Take the I alt think.
4: line at minus twenty.
0: <laughs> the what?
4: The alternate well, line. They'll win by twenty points, Tom. Just I said
2: take the alternate
0: line at minus twenty. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Know I think X that. wins this game. Um, Baylor. Now, this is a game normally I'd be like, who cares, right? UC Santa Barbara, anybody with a nickname. What's their nickname? The Gauchos, right? (coughs) I mean, come on. How do you take somebody like that seriously? Well, okay, we're going to take them seriously for a moment. Baylor has hung its hat, including their national championship year two years ago, on playing great defense. This is not nearly the same defensive team at Baylor that they've been in past years this year. And I read an interesting little note here now about UC Santa Barbara, okay? Now, they come limping in. They've lost four of their last six, but it's the second time in the last three years that they've been to the tournament. When this team scores 70 or more points, they are 18-0 this year. Now, whether that means anything or not, I don't know. They have the Big West Conference Player of the Year, um... We'll start trace with you this time. Your thoughts on the Baylor Bears out of the Big Twelve and out of the Big West, UC Santa Barbara.
2: To be fair, I haven't seen UC and Santa Barbara play. I have seen Baylor play a good amount. I think they're a team that could go to the Final Four if they if they get hot and their guards start playing well, which their guards can play as as well as anybody in the country. Um, I'm not going to forecast any kind of upset or anything like that. I am a little bit of a big 12 stand, so uh, I am going to take Baylor. Although it wouldn't shock me if, if something crazy happens. You always look through here every day in the March during during the tournament, and you know something's going to happen. You don't know what it is. I'm going to save mine for what I think it is later.
0: Okay. Casey?
2: Yeah, I, I'm,
1: I'm in the same boat as Trace here. I just – I look at the schedule for Santa Barbara, and I – I don't know any of the teams. Tomato cans. I I said that yesterday about Furman. I mean, like, usually there's, like, one or two non-conference games that you can point to and be like, yeah, the only one I see is Fresno State, and what does that really mean for me? I mean, not a whole lot. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see why I would even try to make a case for them when Baylor plays in the best conference in all college basketball. I mean, yeah, they might – have a skid here and there, but they lost to Kansas and Kansas State. Well, those are two of their games and they they lose to Iowa State two in a row, but they almost beat Iowa State in, the, in their uh, in the conference tournament. so I don't know I mean I don't see how Santa Barbara has a chance here. I don't
4: I don't I can't see another four or another big upset happening so pretty simply I'm taking the Baylor Bears winning in this game.
0: How do you guys feel being of the gambling ilk about a 10 and a half point spread?
4: Uh, there's enough games going on at that time where I probably ain't going to touch this game, Tom. But if I'm going to lean one way, I'd probably
0: take Baylor. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, Everybody gets wrapped up in the 12-5 thing, yep, right? Rightfully mm-hmm. so. Okay. So now we got VCU. The Atlantic 10 normally is a pretty rock-solid conference. I mean, you've got some teams where you could see going to the tournament – Winning a game, maybe even two games. Heck, that Dayton team a couple years ago for COVID might have won the whole thing. St. Mary's, you watch a lot of that. I mean, those are your guys out there, Trace. Uh, out there in the WCC. That's right. I'm a
2: Mountain West guy, though, Tom. Well, I
0: know They've you are. they done well. I know you are. They're playing well in the tournament. All right, but what about St. Mary's, the number five, taking on VCU, the number 12? I don't, is St. Mary's good? I don't know if we know that. Well, they got train wrecked. That's, I shouldn't I watched, say train wreck after what happened in uh, East Palestine. I watched they them. They got destroyed by Gonzaga. And the problem with that is that's
2: the time I watched them. So I've watched them one time this year. They played Gonzaga, and I mean to tell you that Gonzaga beat the brakes off of them about as bad as you could possibly beat the brakes they off them of them. They did beat
0: Gonzaga during the season, though. Yes, they, have, they did.
2: But, you know, what have you done for me lately is the type of mindset I have here. They lost to
4: Houston by five.
2: They did. They did, which which makes me start to think that they're, they're, there's obviously when you're a 5 seed, you're going to have moments in the season where you're one right, of the better teams right. in the country. So I I watched VCU play against Dayton, though, and I don't love VCU either. So I'm going to stick with St. Mary's. I know it's the popular thing to pick the upset with that 12-5, but I'm going to stay off of it. I got a bigger upset coming a little bit later today, though. A little bit later. I'm going to save it. Yes,
1: I'm on the same boat here as well with Trace. I just – VCU didn't really play anyone that I was – I'm looking at their non-conference schedule and there's nothing that's really eye-popping to me. Um, Like they lost to Memphis. They barely beat Pittsburgh, barely beat Vanderbilt. and At the time, Vanderbilt was still trying to figure themselves out. Uh, Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of Dayton this year after what they just did, just ain't cutting it for me. Whereas uh, St. Mary's, I mean, they've, they've had some really close games against Houston. Um, they also beat Vanderbilt earlier on in the season as well. And they beat San Diego State, which is another one of those teams where I'm like, well, you know. And they also beat Gonzaga. <laughs> and they played close to Gonzaga the first two times. So the, the last time was pretty rough. But, yeah, I'm going to take – I'm going to take St. Mary's.
0: I wish I'd have paid a little more attention to this one when I filled out my bracket, because as I'm sitting here right now, in my bracket, I took St. Mary's. I'm not so sure about that. VCU's won nine in a row. They have the Atlantic 10s player of the year and defensive player of the year. And they lost, uh, what? They didn't lose much this year, and they lost two of their games this year when he was out injured. What do you think, Reed?
4: I, I, like, the, I like the Rams in this one. Um, If you make me take a pick here, St. Mary's, they played good basketball all season long, but they do have seven losses against teams, uh, two of them being Zag and the other ones being whatever. Um, but I like the Rams in this one. If you're going to bet on this game, the line is at 123. Both these teams play very slow. I actually do like the over because I think it's going to be a tightly contested ball game, and I think uh, free throws are going to push it over the over.
0: Wow, how about that? Coming at us with an over-under. Yep. Okay. Uh, number 15, Vermont, 245 P today against a number two seed and Big East conference champion. And boy, did they look good doing it. They beat UConn in the semis. They just steamrolled Xavier in the title game. And that would be Marquette. And one of my favorite players reminds me, even though he's better offensively than Aaron Kraft was at Ohio State, Tyler Kolick, leader of men. I'm taking Marquette. Big. I'm with you, Tom. I think Marquette's been
2: slept on all year. We keep making excuses as to why they're either good or they're not good. And then we just sit here and we find out that they win basketball games. And then they win the Big East. And they beat Xavier by, whatever, 20 in the championship game. And people still don't want to show them their respect. So whether I'm right or wrong, sometimes it's I'd rather be – uh, what's the saying? I'd rather be uh, wrong in this situation than to try to be right. So, I am going to pick Marquette, even if they don't cover their, what is it, 10? I think
0: that's 10 and a half. 10 and a half, there. which I'm right. surprised it's that low.
2: Yeah, it seems low to me. And, you know, hey, listen, Vermont hasn't lost a basketball game. Um, let me get the date for you. Since, what is the date? January 11th. January 11th. It's so pretty good. Haven't lost a basketball game since January 11th. And um but they did lose the UMass low River Hawks uh, 80 to 65 when they Ooh. did lose so Ooh. but that's how it goes when you play these small small conference teams
4: well, at the time Listen, wait a minute Marquette I like Marquette here I mean, like Trey said, we keep wondering like why is Marquette good and what did they do oh they won the big East tournament they won the big East regular season yep. they've won nine out of their last 10 14 of their last 15. I, I like Marquette in this one. Pretty simple. Can Vermont Vermont off. was 8-10 and
2: ten at the time.
4: 8-10.
2: <laughs> they were 8-10 and ten at the time when they lost that game. Boy,
0: somebody in Vegas, and more times than not, you guys know it better than I do, they most of them know something that we don't know because I'm sitting there and I'm hearing stuff like that and I'm looking at a 10.5-point spread. That would have me wondering a little bit. I'm they, not a gambler, but if I was a gambler looking at 105 and I might become one looking at this line.
2: Now, to be fair, a lot of their losses were at the beginning of the year. I'm guessing it might have been one of those situations where they were playing a thing. So if you want, to, if you want the optimistic viewpoint on Vermont is this. Listen, they, they lost to St. Mary's, 79-53. They turned around and had to play Fullerton. Fullerton excuse me. Uh, they lost that, 94-85. They lost to USC by two. Ooh. So that's, okay. a, that's a deep. All right. They lost to Iona.
0: Who's and in the, the tournament? And they lost. Later today. And they
2: lost to Yale. They, they turned around and beat, beat Ball State. State, and then they lost back-to-back games against Wilmington, UNC Wilmington, and Long Beach State. And then they went on. They went on an absolute tear. They Toledo. Who I did? Toledo win the
0: MAC. They did. Regular Toledo, Toledo won the matches. MAC. They they lost to them by ten. Twelve. Excuse me. All right. Well, if they lost to them by twelve. <laughs> you like Marquette, and I like Marquette's chances of covering ten and a half. I might have to. I'm mark. with you. I'm kind of with you. I opened an account on Betfred yesterday. I might have to double down.
1: Yeah, but The I'm I'm with you guys too. I think uh, ten and a half. I might might consider taking that one. I thought you
0: were off the train of what Marquette? No, okay. game. Oh, he's back oh, on the train. No, no, I'm not. I, I i asked you wait a minute i know we got other games to get to <laughs> i asked you three days ago yes if you were getting back or you were jumping off the wagon is it and all the you wagon said, or off the wagon well i think when you're on the wagon you're not gambling or okay. drinking right you're i always use the, the horse you're back but, on the horse all or right. not but okay well in this case then it's a little bit different but You told me you were not going back (laughs) to the well, as they speak, and you're telling me now you are back deep in it. No,
1: I'm. I have not put down any of my own money. Well, what does that mean? He's got some free
0: bets or something. I got. I got the
1: two hundred dollar free bet from and That's all I've used in like the last two or three weeks.
0: I've given out. You bet like five dollars
1: a game. No, No, I haven't bet anything. I haven't bet, I haven't put any money down. I'm saying
0: if I were to bet, I would put money oh, down. I misunderstood on... you. Okay, I beg your pardon. So you like Marquette to cover. Yes. Well, I let my son talk me into the free two hundred dollar bet for, for Bet Fred. That 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 was over after the first game. He's out. Brenny Locks. D U N. I love him with all my heart and soul. But I mean, that Who, was a free two Hundo, and you couldn't have you, handed it away faster than that was. Please gone. tell me it was Roberts. We were Roberts. one game in. Was it Oral? Of the parlay. Oh no. Oh what, yeah. Was Nothing it Oral like Roberts? It. Nothing like it. All right. Tom, was it Oral Roberts? No, it was not It was oh. definitely not Oral Roberts. It was worse because I can stomach <laughs> Oral Roberts. I can stomach them. I have always despised Illinois. I don't know why. Just going back to the Lou Henson days, and I mean, I, I, I just never liked them. And, uh, and I couldn't believe I got talked into them on a parlay. And, and I mean, you talk about a team that just oh, – brutal. All right, here we go. Number six, Iowa State, 310P. Pittsburgh was in the first four. And got a tight win, as you know, uh, over Mississippi State. Mississippi State had a wide open three at the buzzer, but give credit to Pitt. They won the game. Um, they have a point guard on that team that played 40 minutes in that game and did not have a single turnover. Nelly, Nelly, love that name, Nelly Cummings. But Iowa State's Iowa State. They got to the Sweet 16 uh, last year as a number 11 seed. What do you think? Iowa State all the way, playing a better conference. Pitt, there was a lot to do
4: about them early in the year. They faltered since then. I like Iowa State. I like the Cyclones.
2: I'll make it quick. Iowa State for me as well for many of the same reasons. Um, That wouldn't shock me. Pitt won, but I'm going to stick with Iowa State.
1: Yeah, I am as well. Okay,
0: that's another one to me where if I were a gambling man, I like Iowa State three and a half. The team I don't get, I've said it all year long. I've said it all year long. The team I don't like I think they're overrated and they may turn out to prove me 1000% wrong and if so God bless them because I love their coach and that's Creighton six seed playing NC State Wolfpack in the tournament for the first time since 2018 but the, well, you talk about a team that limped into the tournament. I can't believe that NC State got in ahead of uh, Rutgers, but that's neither here nor there. The Blue Jays, they can score. There's no doubt about that. Casey, Creighton, a five-and-a-half-point favorite over NC State. Well, Paul tells me
1: that they're really good. Yeah, I know. I've heard defense. it all year. Metrically, they, they, uh, they're they pretty good. Um, record doesn't show it, though. Um, I think sometimes that kind of matters in games like this. However, I'm not picking against uh, Creighton because NC State plays in the terrible ACC mm. and uh, terrible ACC. Okay. Mm, terrible, terrible. 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 And they have terrible. been cold, if you ask me, going into this tournament. So. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Creighton on this one.
0: Trace,
2: I'm taking NC State.
0: To win or to cover? Um,
2: definitely to cover. Uh, I think I'll say to win. Really? Yeah. I'll say to so win. So
0: you're with me on uh, Creighton.
2: I just think Creighton's one of those teams where they rely heavily on outside perimeter jump shooting and, you know, in the tournament, if that doesn't work out for the first five or six, seven, eight minutes, like I watched Utah State, I loved Utah State. The problem is if you don't, in the tournament specifically, if you don't get off to a good start, and that's all you rely on, because Creighton can't guard. I mean, I don't know if you've watched their games, but they're they can't. They're not. They're not a very good defensive team. He's looking at me like I'm crazy. They're not um, they one of the
4: best defensive teams in the Big East this year. The Big East or the Big East
2: for nobody the most plays part, defense in the Big yeah, East. And
0: that's
4: that's we'll see how that all
2: pans out for the Big East in regards to how the how well they quote unquote can play defense. But I'm gonna stick with NC State. I said okay. I'm gonna go with it. Um. That's all I got for you.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm taking NC State, but not because I don't think they, they play defense or anything like that. I just – they rely too heavily on their big man, Um If he doesn't play well, they don't play well. Creighton doesn't. And also, I don't know if you've heard the rumors. You, you mentioned McDermott. Um, yep. He's a great coach. He might be on the outs at Creighton. I, I guess there's a dispute between him and the athletic director. So there's been rumors about him, him being on the outs. Don't like that. Swirling around a team. So I like the Wolfpack in this one.
0: Okay. All right. right. Good enough. Um, I think Creighton's going to win. I don't know about cover, but I think they're going to win. Even though I'm not a big fan, I think they're done early. UConn, Iona. Boy, the drama just reeks in this one. Uh, You got UConn who, I mean, when they're good, they look like they can beat anybody. And when they're not so good, they're not so good. Uh, most of the time, obviously, with their win-loss record, they're pretty good. Um, Iona, the one thing Iona has in this advantage, in their advantage, is in, well, two things. One, enormous size. They play a 6'9", a 6'10", and a 7-footer. They are huge. That's the first advantage. Number two, they have you-know-who. You can like them or not like him, but they got you-know-who. And that is Rick Patino. That guy is one of the top 10 greatest coaches, maybe top five in the history of college basketball. History of sport. He's unreal. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the
4: storylines maybe paint a bigger picture of this game than it, there truly is. Um, Iona, obviously, they have been very good under Patino. I, I think UConn's a sleeping giant. I mean, they were going into the new year, the number two team in the country. Faltered, lost six out of seven games but have played very well ever since. Um, I like the Huskies in this. I like the Huskies to make a deep run in the tournament, but I like the Huskies to win, and I like them to cover.
0: And I should point out, in fairness, I mean, UConn's got a big team, too. They play six nine guys, seven two guys. So, I mean, it's not like that, that, that was an advantage. But I'm just saying, Iona's a big team that can match up with uh, the size of UConn. Casey?
1: Yeah, I also feel the same way as Reed does. I think they're kind of a uh, sleeping giant just from the whispers of – listening to Paul Frischner talk about this team, that he wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. So I'm going to take UConn in this one. I don't know much about Iona, but I do know enough about UConn to know that they've got the makings of being really, really good, and I've got them going far in my bracket. So
0: Trace?
2: This is the one where I I, I did a little digging, and it wouldn't shock me if Iona wins this game. Are, I think you, are you picking I've, them to win I've, the game? We're I'm not put, sitting here I put saying, some, are you surprised by I'll it? I'll put some money on Iona to win this basketball game. Yeah, money line. Because Iona is one of those teams that, you know, they don't play in a very, very big league. However, when you look at the see, you, you look at the types of things that, they, that they've that they done, uh, the teams outside of their league. I mean, they beat St. Louis 84-62 earlier this year. I turn around and I, I see them they've not lost a basketball game again since uh, January twenty seventh. And it's not like that when they when they're winning these games, they're they're not like all that close for the most part. Um, they did have one close game against Ryder, they won by two, but outside of that they've been beating the brakes off of everybody. Um and UConn's one of those teams where I do think they can make it go to the Final Four. There's no doubt. But this also is a team that we, we thought was maybe not very good in the middle of the year because they lost uh, how many ever out of ten games. So, I know it sounds like I'm a Big East hater at this very moment, but um, we'll see how it goes. And, and it's, right in, it's right in Iona's backyard. I get UConn's right there too, but um, – We'll see how it goes.
0: All right. We got eight more to hit. Uh we all agree across the board, Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. Over FDU. Yep. Okay. We move on. Maybe the best game on paper of the night. Four and a half point spread. The big blue. Kentucky against Providence, the number eleven seed. I like the Friars in this one, Tom. Oh, I of think course I'm be, you do. I think I'm gonna be on
4: an island in this. I think that the Friars are slept on. I think people are way too high on Kentucky, forgetting what we saw out of the Wildcats in December, in January, in November, and they played better in February. And the Friars have not played well as of
0: late. But Ed Cooley's the man. Love Ed Cooley.
4: And Providence, they're going to win this ballgame. game.
0: And of course, the real, the interesting thing, the big one of the big storylines, Bryce Hopkins, right, transfers yeah, from Kentucky, goes to Providence, he's their leading scorer. Casey, Kentucky v. Providence. I'm going with Kentucky.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't think uh, (laughs) – I just think Providence is one of those teams that they've – they're frauds in the Big East. Um, Kentucky starting to turn things around. Providence really bad in February. I think those are all reasonable reasons as to why you would think the opposite of what – you know, to take Kentucky here in this one.
0: Trace?
2: These are two teams that aren't going into the tournament playing their quote-unquote best basketball. Yep. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do from a gambling perspective. I'm going to watch the Big East play all day, and we'll see how they're playing. (laughs) The Big East is playing well, and I think maybe that league's good. I'll probably roll with Providence. If not, I'll probably hammer Kentucky. But if he had to make me pick right this second –
0: I am going to go with Kentucky. Okay, me too. A uh, lot of people think number 12, Drake, can beat number five, Miami. Uh, there was a time there during the year, Miami, great coach, Larinaga. Drake is in a very experienced team. Miami's beat up, especially, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, Omiye, I think it's how you do it, or Omier, uh, injured his ankle uh, in the, the semifinals against Duke in the ACC tournament. Drake or... Uh, Miami, Miami, two and a half point favorite, Mr. Fowler.
2: I don't like that Drake's turned into this media darling or this fa- fan favorite, the public, the public favorite in regards to the underdog. I did take Drake to get to the sweet 16, um, right when the field was announced. So I'm going to go with Drake just based off of that.
1: Casey. Somewhat of the same reason as, as trace here. I, I just think Miami has been uh, on a down down world spiral. Um, they just not as good as they were earlier on in the season. So I'm, I'm taking Drake as the popular upset pick. It's also my bracket pick. But it does make me a little hesitant that everyone is seeing the same thing. So Well,
0: they got a lot to like. They got a lot of experience. How about you, big boy? I don't
4: know a damned thing about the Drake Bulldogs. I do know that Miami played well in the ACC for the majority of the year. Yep. Floundered at the end. They've got good guards. Trace has mentioned this. Over and over again, guards win in the tournament. The line scares me a little bit, but I think
0: I'm still going to take the Canes. All right. uh, We all agree, Gonzaga over Grand Canyon, yes? Yes. 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 Grand Canyon, just remember you heard it here first. This is a program to keep an eye on in the coming years because a guy who basically he didn't it's a it's a small Christian school right in downtown Phoenix but he built the arena, he hired Dan Marley as the head coach he is the guy who ran Team USA and owned the Phoenix Suns for a long time Jerry Colangelo. I can promise you Grand Canyon moving forward is going to be heard from down the road. Remember it here. All right. Number 8 Memphis, Penny Hardaway against number 9 Florida Atlantic. What do we think, man?
4: This is a coin flip game, Tom. I, you know, you don't win 31 games in a season without being very good. And the Owls have won 31 games. Yes. It's a very trendy pick for Memphis not only to win this game, but to beat Purdue in the second round.
0: That's what I did.
4: Yeah, a, a lot of people have that overlooking the Florida Atlantic Owls. There's a reason this spread is 1.5. Memphis clearly has the better athletes. But I think the Owls are going to get it done here. Wow. 920p. All right. Nationwide Arena in Columbus. Casey. Um,
1: I have Memphis in my bracket. And mainly because of the recent win in the conference tournament against Houston. And they've played Houston very closely. So, I mean, I if I'm going off of anything – that's the really the only thing i'm going off. They also played Alabama really close. Memphis did. So i think just with that information alone that's leading me to choose <laughs> Memphis, but i won't be surprised as much as Pauls talked about this FAU team if they manage to to win this game. I mean, it, so who are you picking? I'm picking Memphis. I'm just also reiterating again that i won't be surprised if FAU wins. It's a coin flip just like Reed said.
2: Trace I'm starting to wonder if the American is a little better than we want to give it credit for. Maybe um, it's not. So I'm going to go with Memphis. No, I, I'm I think with you. FA, I think FAU is a good team. Not taking anything away from them, but I, I also think we're sleeping on Memphis a little bit here. Nobody's talking about them in regards to being a really good basketball team, and well, I th- they might be. There. No, I'm with you.
4: I just think too many people have have picked them to go to the Sweet Sixteen, beating Purdue, and almost overlooking the first game that they've got to play.
0: Okay. All right, we're down to our final three. Uh, we all in agreement, Kansas State over Montana State? Absolutely. I'm in agreement with yeah. us. Okay. All right, so now we're down to our last two, and we'll save Reed's best for last <laughs> with his uh, snug T-shirt. <laughs> We've got number six, TCU, the horn Go Frogs! Now, they've had a little uh, drama here lately. They're 6'11", outstanding sophomore center, Eddie Lampkin, Left the team last week. He's gone into the portal, everybody and his brothers after this guy. He's not had a great regular season. Mike Miles Jr., preseason Big 12 player of the year, has been hurt a lot, uh, but they're still pretty good. Arizona State looked phenomenal the other night. I'm not a big Pac-12 guy. I do like Bobby Hurley, uh, another one of my kind of guys. I couldn't stand him when he played, but, but there's a fire about him. I love it. Uh, I'm taking the Horn Frogs. Case? I'm taking the Horn Frogs too.
1: Um not much to say other than I just don't believe in Arizona State. I know they I mean they their last conference game. They lost to Arizona, which just lost to Princeton. They lost that's 78 that one, to 59.
0: <laughs> that's all I that's all I got to okay. say about that. Okay. All right. Trace,
2: Arizona State's one of those teams that is Jekyll and Hyde again, man. Yep. If, if they play great, you're in trouble. Um, but TCU is a very, very well balanced team. They've been a good team. They've done this um, in March before. They've, it's not like this, this is a, they're a stranger to this tournament. Um, I know
4: they have that stuff swirling around it, but I'm going to take TCU. I'm, I'm going with the going with the group here. I like the Horned Frogs in this
0: one. Okay. As well. All right. Now we're down to the final game of the night. Uh oh. Pretty striking here now. Um, It's hard to tell what the letters are because your chest is so puffed up that it's stretching it out. It's hard to tell what that logo is there. Uh, But, I mean, Indiana's a four seed taking on a 13 seed, and they're only a a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, I, I, I see here where Kent State coach Rob Senderoff, was an assistant at Indiana under Kelvin Sampson Mm
4: -hmm.
0: okay Uh, Kent beat Toledo uh, in the MAC tournament final both of those teams should have gone to the tournament I look at some of these stiffs that are in the tournament Toledo would beat they beat well over half of these 12 13 14 15 16 schools all right um, what do you think your no save you for last Grace what do you think
2: this is one of those games that, that that stinks because I think both the teams are really good, and I think that maybe um, I think Kent State was was underseeded. Like I, I I just feel like they're they're a really damn good team. The issue is I think Indiana can play really really well at times. My gut tells me to take Kent State in this spot, but if you're gonna make me pick based off of a money line, I'm gonna go with Indiana. I mean they have really good. I mean they just have Trace Jackson Davis is going to be a problem for anybody, but I just wondered from a tempo perspective if Indiana can keep the tempo up because they don't want they do not want to turn this into like a 55-50 game with Kent State. Um, and I, and I'm hopeful that the guard play for Indiana will will prevail.
1: Yeah, I have them. I have Kent State upsetting IU and I know that's a very popular pick right now as well. Um, I just I Just have a gut feeling about it. That's all I got to say. I mean, they they played really well down their stretch. Um, Kent State did. And IU has been very inconsistent down the stretch. So I'm going to go with the more consistent team on this one.
0: All right. Before we get to Reed, I'm going to take the Hoosiers. I think they're too big. They're too strong. I think they roll. Your thoughts?
4: Uh, Kent State's a team that has played some tough opponents early in the year. They played Gonzaga, they played Houston, and they played a couple other tournament teams like NKU and Charleston, and have played all of those teams very, very well. That being said, they still lost three games in the MAC to teams that were under 500. They They play with a lot of pace, and Indiana plays with a lot of pace, I think the Hoosiers win here. I think they win it big. Listen, Tom, we, we're all about responsible gambling here. And I've already come come to grips here with the fact that it's the 930. Shuckle
0: from the audience. Go
4: the 950 ahead. game. Three, There's three possible outcomes. Either really? I'm going to be down a lot of money and I'm going to be chasing, so I'm going to put a lot of money on the Hoosiers, or I'm going to be up a lot of money, so I've got free money to play with and put a lot of money on the Hoosiers. Or the third possible outcome, which is I've already bet on 20 games, and I'm and I'm floating around even, so might as well make a big splash either way. All three outcomes require me putting a lot of money on the Hoosiers tonight. So Hoosiers are going to win. They're going to cover. We'll move on to the
0: next round. All right, that's it for the games tonight. Uh, Laura says, um, obviously, instead of spending money on gambling, you should invest more in spandex. Oh, <laughs> my. Hey, by the way, before we get out of here, our cherry on top. Do you have one today, Casey? Because if not, I have one. Go ahead. Do you have one? No, no, go ahead. I have one today, but in honor of St. Patrick's Day, there are a few misconceptions out there about Patrick, which I was not aware of till today. Patrick isn't really even a saint. Did you know this? Wait, seriously? Did you know this? At least not one with a capital S. He's never been officially canonized by Rome in the Vatican. So how about that? Not only that, he wasn't the first evangelist in the country of Ireland. But maybe more shocking than either one of those. Did you know that St. Patrick is not even Irish? He's Scottish.
2: Oh no. What a fraud.
0: Fraud. No. Now the reason he became known as more of an Irishman is because uh, after Palladius was sent in about five years before Patrick as an evangelist to Ireland, uh, Palladius, things didn't go well. And Patrick, who wasn't even a religious man, though his grandfather was a priest, he came back years later as a 40-year-old and his missionary trips were very successful in Ireland. So he became known as an Irishman. But he's not a saint. And he's not Irish.
4: Wow. If you tell me that the, the whole snake pit story is fake too, I'm just...
0: No, that's true. Okay, all right. That's at least, true. At least the whole thing's that's not fake. True. All right.
2: Okay. We might need to check in with Paul because uh, Xavier's odds on the money line just dropped from uh, 800 down to 670. What happened? They watch them warm up. That's a, that's a big drop. $1,200 now. We were at $1,800. Now we're down Trace, $1,200. Trace, don't
4: put a lot of money on Xavier. I can't I can't have Tom, what do you think? You think I
2: should put $1,200 doors? on the Muskies? All they got to do is win a game, Tom. They got to beat the State. I'm not
0: betting $1,200 on anything except Marymont steamrolling Fenwick's ass on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> That's the only thing I'd be gambling on. I don't think they let you gamble on high school lacrosse here in Ohio. Quite they should. Went a lot of money on the Marymount money line. Well. They got a great goalie. Well, we'll find out. Just because you were good the last two years doesn't mean you're good this year. Damn right. So you better bring your A game starting Saturday. All right, boys. Happy St. Patrick's Day. A little green beer for you, Case, today. Yay or nay? Just a yay or nay? Yay, yeah. Trace, yay or nay? No. Reed. Not Irish. Are you Irish, Tom? No, I'm not. I'm German, so yeah, I don't, I don't care. Okay. No all green right. beer. Okay. But that doesn't mean you can't have a green beer. No green beer. I'll, I'll be drinking beer. It just won't be great. Okay, good enough. All right, we thank all of you uh, for joining us here today. Enjoy the March Madness. Great weekend. Take care of yourself. God bless. We'll see you on Monday. Have a good weekend.